This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Hello, thanks for tuning in to Everyday Tech. Jay White is out today, so this is Abram Nana here with Jeremy Thompson and Wilkes Couture. Today in tech, we've got a lot of entertainment news to talk about. We've got the PS5 price drop, new video games that just came out, and also the writers and actors strike. But before all that, we'll talk about Twitter rebranding to Simply X. That's just the letter X. Email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Today we've got a lot of entertainment and social media news, but first let's check in with the guys. So, Jeremy, how's it going, man? Hey, good morning, Abram. Uh, things are going good, man. I've got a, uh, a shop full of computers, and I have been super, super busy this week. Lord. So what, is, what does that mean as far as like a shop full of computers? How, how much is a shop full? Well, you know, um, because I mostly work out of my home office, um, uh, right now, I've got uh, about 10 in this one room, so uh, five of which are gaming rigs, so they have to have a good bit of space to uh, to make for them. So I've, uh, I've made some changes to my office to accommodate, and uh, yeah, I'm having a great time. Yesterday, I worked on gaming rigs all day long. I just moved from one to the next like I was playing musical chairs. <laughs> that sounds entertaining, at least. Oh yeah, I'd be fun I, to watch I love that game. On gaming rigs. Uh, it's 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 literally like my favorite thing to do. I mean, it's how I got into computers as a whole. You know, just putting them together and trying to make one work so I could game on it. Um, but yeah, I've I've got I've got quite a few exciting ones here in the shop. I got one that was struck by lightning, <laughs> and uh, typically, you know, even if you have your computer hooked up to a surge protector, if you have it plugged into Ethernet it is still quite vulnerable to a surge. And that's exactly what happened in this case. So the guy said, uh, you know, my computer is acting really weird. And uh, I, I just want to know, you know, can it be saved or is it just dead now? And so when I first got it on my bench, it was pretty darn dead. And um, he, uh, he told me if I tried to uh, flip the switch on the power supply in the back and hit the power button at the same time, that it might come on. I was like, all right, I'll try it. I don't, I don't think I've ever actually tried that on a computer before. Uh, what I was trying to do was short the two pins on the motherboard that control the power switch on the front, and that wasn't working. So I wasn't too confident that flipping the power supply on and the uh, pushing the power button at the same time would do it. It turns out it, in fact, did not. <laughs> um, but I was able to actually go in and reset the board and bring it back to life so at this point it is under heavy scrutiny um i did a bench test on it yesterday and it passed with flying colors but then i shut the computer down and i tried to turn it back on and it started doing that i don't want to come on thing again so that one's still kind of up in the air but i have to be really thorough with that because it was struck by lightning, so I've got to do a lot to, to torture it and see if I can't get it to act up more because we really need to know, is it going to last or is it garbage? Right. Well, I'm surprised that's even a task you can take on. I figure a lightning strike would be the end of it. I mean, it can be, but, you know, if if I can get it to come on, 
I'm I'm willing to keep tinkering with it and see if we can make it do a little more and a little more until we got you a whole working computer again. That's what I'm talking about. You don't give up. No. Uh, in fact, <laughs> that's probably uh, why uh, – I'm so qualified to do this job. It's like I'm not I'm not so much smarter than everybody at this. I just sit there and go, hmm, I wonder if I hold this like this and jiggle that. Maybe maybe that'll make it work. You know, it's it's just a matter of of not wanting to put it down. Um, I've got another job on my bench that um, I'm recovering some data from a uh, an Android phone uh, from uh, an individual who passed away. Um his family wants to uh, to get the information off of it, and this is probably probably the most difficult job that I've taken on this year because when you start getting into um, infiltrating locked Android phones, you you got to go pretty deep. And I'm mm, I'm about three and a half to four hours uh, research wise in tinkering, and I haven't made any progress yet. But I have to be really careful. Because if I, you know, put the wrong ROM on the phone as I'm uploading it, it can erase everything. Are you or, serious? Or brick the phone. Golly. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's got a self-destruct like, button. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> using a bomb, sort of. Except I haven't, I haven't started clipping wires yet. I'm just looking at them. <laughs> rigorous notes. Yeah. Well... I guess uh, first things first, let's talk about the big tech news that's come up. Uh, Twitter has officially rebranded. It's now just the letter X. So what what does that mean for all these gaming PCs that are not going to be on Twitter.com anymore? You know, I have no idea what this means. Uh, Jay was our Twitter guy. I don't I don't really have much to do with Twitter, but I do have some some questions about it business wise. First off, can can you trademark a single letter? I don't I don't think you can do that. Can oh, you? I have no idea. So trademark, copyright, whatever. I, I don't I don't know if you can do that with a single letter. I don't even, you can't do that with a single word. Even you have to have a well no wait, Apple did that. No, I don't know. I don't know, I don't but know. it seems like there might be some odd territory now there. And also, uh, since you don't tweet anymore, what what do you do? Do you X people? Yes, I, I was now? looking at that. It's uh, the the official yeah. change has been to posts or X's, which is no different than any other social media website. It's just a post. Well, now I'm oh. going to be in public somewhere, and I'm going to hear somebody be like, "Oh yeah, bro, X me, and I'll X you back." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? What does this world come to? We're xing people now. In my field, xing means closing it. Yep. But that's what Twitter, that's what made Twitter kind of special as far as like it did add a verb or an action to um, our language. Like we were tweeting. I don't think anybody ever yeah. said we're Facebooking or mm. you know we're MySpacing. Like when you went on Twitter, you were actually sending tweets. And I don't know, but you can go to x.com and it will take you to twitter.com. So Jeremy, I don't know, maybe something there with the just a single letter. x.com now takes you to twitter.com. It's so strange. It's so strange. Yeah, what's funny is I saw uh someone on Twitter talking about it was trying to actually trademark the uh font that they used for the x. They were going to trademark it so that now every time that x got some sort of advertisement or something it got, it went back to them. It didn't go through I'm, I'd imagine, but that's it's funny. a clever idea. It it's is kind of like that guy that bought Google's domain for like a few minutes and then sold it and gave the money to charity or something. 
I have not heard about that. That's brilliant. Oh, it was years ago. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, one of the most successful brands in the world just completely, completely changed. Like the logo, the domain changed, the UI design and overall format changed uh, entirely. Um, so I don't know why they, Elon Musk specifically would try this because like, like we said, like you got, he got us, whoever started Twitter got us calling it tweets. No one would have done that initially. Like that, that is a cultural difference that's going to change now. And also it's weird. I don't know who, who is coming after Twitter because I know from my Twitter timeline every day, it's a mass exodus. Hence the word. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so massive exodus. <laughs> exodus. <laughs> From Twitter nice. to different different social media platforms. But Twitter still has a stronghold on people. I don't know. You know, when Elon first got into Twitter um, or now X, it was like, uh oh, time to leave. But nobody's going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a question, and that is why. And that's not the letter why, but just the question, the, the word why. <laughs> What he do that? He's a billionaire. He wanted to. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> just, That's it. He wanted to. Just to change the name of a globally recognized brand <laughs> maybe, uh, to something maybe else. Maybe he hated the bird. Maybe so. Well, he also apparently, uh, I saw where he wanted to name PayPal originally. He wanted to be X. Um, mm-hmm. And then SpaceX is a thing. So he just has a thing. He named his child X. Um, so. isn't it, isn't it Sasha? But I don't know X, how it's pronounced. It looks like a mathematical formula. I have no idea how it it's pronounced. It has to be a typo. It has to be. But it's XAE-12 or something like that is the child's birth certificate name or something like that. To be, a, to be a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that's the least of, or that's the least of your worries is uh, what what people are going to call X's now or whatever. Let us know what you think about X and Twitter and what all that entails. Thanks for listening to Everyday Tech. Abram Nanian for Jay White for the hour on this lovely Wednesday morning. Also joining me are Jeremy Thompson and Java Chapman. And also, also joining me, hopefully, is you. Email your questions or comments to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We likely won't be able to answer everything today, but we hope to eventually. A big thing going on in Hollywood is the SAG-AFTRA strikes. If you don't know what that is, that's a Screen Actors Guild, SAG, and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, which are unions basically for all of the talent in Hollywood. And uh, if you heard that, that's radio artists in Hollywood. That's not us. Don't worry about MPB. So, um, so what do they want? They're talking about AI protections, and that's a big thing uh, in the acting industry right now is how much AI is taking over. Um, and I wish Jay was here to give his opinion on what the the AI Hollywood would look like. But no, we don't want that today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> AI. Uh, Jay White has strong feelings about artificial intelligence. Yeah. Well, it's also it's just a very scary thing that. Uh, well, I wouldn't say it's scary. It's intuitive, but it's also it could be either or that uh, a benefit and scary that we because AI is taking away the job of editors. And um, like writers. background actors, and what's that? Writers. Writers, yeah. Yeah. They could take my job if they wanted to. <laughs> now, AI is a, is, a, is, a, is a big thing, and I love to get Jeremy's uh, take on it. I know he's talked about it before, but just to be super honest, um, uh, myself and another producer here uh, were talking about using AI for some of the work that we have to do. 
because we were talking about putting up some content on the Internet. And I was talking about how there are AI programs and um, websites that you can use to kind of, you know, work faster. As the old adjective goes, work smarter, not harder. So, you know, when you use it as a tool, there are some advantages, but just kind of going as a workaround for the creative process, that's where it gets gets kind of dangerous. What you think, Jeremy? I think that this is like a pre-industrial revolution type thing mm-hmm. where, you know, we're we're really used to doing things manually and that's just not the way it's going to be anymore. Like Java said, this is a tool, but it is a tool that is going to be used to make money in a uh, myriad of different ways. And one of those will be by replacing people. It's not great, but it's kind of like how you don't have people out there tilling their fields by hand. They use machinery to do it. It just makes more sense in the long run. But it's going to hurt. I mean, it's it's going to cost the people their jobs. I see that um, you can even AI generate like websites now. Right. <laughs> so, you know, there goes – some web developers like out the window, especially if if you have a very basic website you want set up, it's not hard to do that. Now, now you can tell a machine to do it. So, you know, that's just more work for people. But, um, this is just one of those things that's, it's, it's going to happen whether you want it to or not, you can fight it. Um, we can figure out ways that it doesn't just completely cripple, uh, a lot of different types of jobs out there. But it is it is already integrating into people's livelihoods. Um, I believe that my wife received an email from her boss that was partially AI generated. Now, it may not have been, but it had like bullet points and it was very verbose. And I was like, <laughs> this kind of reads like AI. Yeah, this is this is Bard talking to me right now on and on, you know, so it's like. This is like it's just going to happen. So you may as well learn how to use it, kind of like with the computer, where it was like, "Well, I don't want to use that thing." Where are you now? Where are you now? When that was your attitude towards technology, you have to adapt with these things. And while I'm sitting here and I'm like, "Well, how can I use that in my business?" I just asked Bard yesterday if he could help me find uh, the procedure on how to reset a motherboard because I was digging through Google and I just couldn't seem to find it. And Bard cut right through it and found it for me. <laughs> so. There are there are many, many useful applications, and it's it's definitely going to continue to grow in what we see it do in our day to day lives. Right. Well, what's shocking to me is that, like, like you said, like the type of jobs that it's going to affect, because when we always we watched all these like futuristic movies growing up. Um, we always saw like the factory jobs are taken by robots and stuff, but the creative industry is actually what's being most affected by it right now, which is that that's just interesting to me. I couldn't tell you why that is or why that's the first thing that it's, um, come for, but that's just very wild to me that creatively is the creative industry is that the, the end all be all of the AI, because that's what we thought initially. But I think it's because the Internet is vastly text based. And so it is easy for a learning technology to analyze words on a page very quickly. So it has a lot of that material 
in its arsenal that it can spew out. Now, whether it's accurate or it makes sense, that's to be seen because I haven't I haven't played with it a whole lot myself. I, you know, I, I don't want to AI generate some fiction novel, although <laughs> uh, mainly because I don't want to sit there and read it. But there's somebody doing that and they're looking through to find the things that don't make sense, tweaking them a little bit and using this. It's not perfect. But like I said, this is like pre-industrial revolution. This is when the guy was like, "Come and check out my fancy machine I've got. It's gonna, it's gonna change the way you do laundry." <laughs> and you know, he was just dancing with a stick on the side of the road. Like, it's coming, and it's it's one of those things that we need to learn how to integrate and how to use properly. And it does it does uh, bode very badly for people that uh, uh, create things for a living. And that's that's also it's it's. It's it's breaching visual creation. I've seen some very wild stuff that people claim were were created by AI. There's actually something I think it's out there on Twitch. It's um it's an AI that constantly generates Seinfeld episodes. And oh, I saw that. It's very weird, but what it's doing is fascinating because there's no one making it do it anymore. It's just told to do it so it does it it's going to keep doing it until you pull the plug <laughs> that's right and, and, and then un- unless it gets solar power and all that okay we can go into the matrix <laughs> but um one thing i did i did find interesting too to your point abram about the creative arts being kind of infiltrated with ai um it's basically building upon things that are already out there mm-hmm. and i saw i forget the name of, of the actors or the actresses in the group of people but they're they like put like a lawsuit together because um i know i'm getting this all mixed up and wrong but just say chat gtp um you say write me a novel and it's basically gonna it's gonna spit you out a 300 400 page novel but it's basically building upon things that are already out in the world and you get into a lot of copyright, you know, this is basically my idea, but it's just, you know, given to you in a different form from AI. So you do have to be careful about that because, you know, it's not generating just things out of thin air. It's building upon what's already out there. And, you know, you are stepping on people's intellectual property. Right. Like a lot of the stuff I've seen on Twitter has been like the AI generated art of what did the rest of the Mona Lisa picture look like instead of it being a however big it is a 16 by 36 what if it was 48 by 24 you know like it's just expanding work that's already been done so maybe we're all right for now but until then we'll we'll uh, we'll keep our eye on it you know uh, when when you bring up like expanding work that's already been done that's that's what we do with Things that are created anyways. I mean like every – you can't tell me there's any artist out there that hasn't borrowed something from someone else or been inspired by some other work. So like I, I get the argument, but it's like isn't the technology technically doing the same thing? I guess that's true. But Everything it, is a remix of a remix of a remix. <laughs> that is true. No idea under the sun is original. Yeah. But it, it just – I don't know. It's – it. I hate to throw this word around, but it's soulless. So it picked it up just yeah. because it was there. It didn't pick it up because it was inspired by or, you know, it, it, it found something um, in trans, You know, it found some value in it. It just picked it up because, oh, it's there. I'm going to use it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I, I totally agree. And, you know, what 
what I feel like is that these AIs have already been writing like the fifth season of a lot of shows I like because that's usually when they fall off is around, you know, fourth, fifth season. So it's like the writing starts off really genuine and really tight and really awesome. And then it just gets looser and looser and looser until it's like, what even is this anymore? It lost its soul. So I agree with you. It, it had it lacks soul. But even some of our creatives, even stuff that was generated by people lacks soul simply because we're just remixing stuff. Right. Well, we've got someone who wants to talk about AI. William in Collierville, Tennessee, is has a comment about what we're talking about. What's up, William? Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, How's it going? I just want a couple of thoughts about AI. Um, to me, it's the uh, implications for it are much broader than just the, um, I'll call it the creative industry. Uh, uh, on the legal side, there are quite a few applications where AI could be used if it gets sophisticated enough to actually replace lawyers. And I believe the same is true for a number of other industries, perhaps architects, things along that line. Uh, it can't do the more, well, at least in the current stage, it can't do the much more complicated transactions, like if you're doing a merger. You've got too many moving pieces right now, I think, for AI to adequately track that. But pieces of it, it could do. And certainly some basic transactional work it could do as well. Now, a lawyer could use it as a tool to make it very easy to draft their uh, contract, for example or to draft a settlement agreement. And in that sense, it's just enabling them to work more efficiently. But uh, long-term, I believe it actually could replace some attorneys if it becomes sufficient enough. And I believe this is true across a number of things. So what do we do about that? I mean, uh, if enough people get replaced, the economy is going to suffer. And at the end of the day, if AI is replacing people, uh, what AI is doing is benefiting the ownership, whoever owns the business. Right. Because they read the they, they take, get the benefit of it. So most people aren't in that ownership bucket, so you have to be careful. But my bigger thing is, well, you know, it, on the work side, it's a definite threat, but it's also an opportunity. Uh, but on the political side, I've already seen, you know, fake um, meetings between one politician and some other politician or leader of another country created by AI. And when I look at it on the Internet, I can't tell the difference. Yeah. yeah you know, there's new developments in uh, through the new t- the James Webb telescope, I believe, that has led to a lot of uh, reevaluation, apparently, of the Big Bang Theory. Well, there's a lot of things you could do about AI to, to put out misinformation about what's going on there. And I don't know how you get a handle on that, but to me that's where it has tremendous opportunity. If you have the money and you want to create confusion, it is an excellent tool, it looks to me, to be able to do that. And so I do believe it's something that uh, people have to jump on first before it gets out of control, and then you're trying to put controls on it. By the end, it's too late, and the damage is done. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, William. When you when you said it several times, the key word is that it's a tool. So, like, I think as long as it's being used as a tool for, you know, just – mundane things that's fine but when it's taking a job that's entirely different situation jeremy i uh i i'm i'm very afraid of the political ramifications between ai generated content and um uh races and disputes and and deep fakes and all that stuff you won't know what's real and what's not absolutely yeah deep fakes are scary and like it's one of those things, like I've said before, it's it's a cool thing until it's 
me that it's affected by. You know what I mean? You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We're glad you tuned in. Jay White is out this week, so that stranger's voice you're hearing is me, Abram Nanny. Still here with Jeremy Thompson and Java Chapman, who are ready to answer your questions. Email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Let's back up a little bit. You said who they are ready to answer your questions, just to be clear. Jeremy. Jeremy Jeremy is ready to answer your questions. Java's ready to talk about it. No, I'm I'm, I'm ready to punch up your your phone call. (laughs) I can't answer any questions. You can do it. Uh, Let's actually stay with the phones. Michelle in Jackson wants to talk about children's safety. What's up, Michelle? Hi, everyone. Hello, Java. Hello, uh, Jeremy. So, Miss McAdoo. <laughs> Look, hey, I'm Michelle. I'm last name on the air. How you doing? Hello, everyone. Hey, I've heard this name um, before. <laughs> I'm listening to the show, and I'm very interested in AI and the privacy concerns and the security risk aspect of it when it comes to children and families, especially older people and then younger people. So with the children, just say, you know, there's, I lack of a better word, there are crazy people out there that will use this to their advantage uh, to do bad things to people. So uh, if AI could call your child and say, hey, your mom or dad was in an accident or whatever, I need you to come outside and meet me and things like that. And it sounds like a person they know, or AI can mimic your parents' voice and uh, lure kids away and then steal them. So safe words are very important. I've seen this floating around. So my daughter, she is 20 almost, but I still want to have a safe word for her. So if someone that sounds like me calls her (laughs) and it's not me, and she's going like, what's the safe word? And if they don't know, then it's not me. That's That's a really good idea. Yeah, for sure. Very important. And also... What concerns me about older people is that uh, someone, quote-unquote, from your bank calls you and you think of someone, your representative from your bank that you've known for 20, 30 years, and they sound like the bank and, it, and they're asking you for information. I think we need to come up with ways to know it's a real person and not a hacker and not someone trying to steal information. And with AI, it sounds so much like the person. Um, so, Jeremy, what, I mean, what do you think – in the future, people can do, especially banks and with information, personal information like that. What can they do to offset people finding ways to get money? Because, you know, they will. You know, that's a really good question, Michelle. Um, one of the uh, one of the best things that we can do is uh, protect our accounts from infiltration, of course. Um, so always uh, have a code that is sent to your phone or generated on your phone so that you can access your account um, but as far as keeping other people from accessing it, uh, you know, to never, never share your password with anyone. And even if someone has your password, um, no one legitimate is going to call you and go, hey, I've got your password. We need to change that. Right. right. So be very, very skeptical of anyone who calls you claiming to be from any of those institutions. And um, if you have any doubts whatsoever, um Look up their number online and call them back. Very good point. So just say an older person is at home and their bank representative that sounds exactly like Mary, that you've talked to Mary for 20, 30 years, and says, I noticed something on your account. I'm just cleaning up some accounts. Um, And that's not Mary. That's an AI person sounding just like Mary. And this person is like 
70, 80 years old. You know, they would trust that. So in that point, how do you know if it's an artificial person or a real person? Right. I mean, there's really no way to verify that other than to try to reach out to that person directly from your end. I actually hang up. Yeah. Yes. I actually have a similar story to something that kind of happened like that. My granddad received a call one day and it said, uh, hey, this is your grandson. I was in a car wreck. I need you to send me money or something, something along those lines. But my granddad actually knew because he would never the grandson that he was pretending to be would never say this is your grandson. Like this is this person will be a lot more personal with it than uh than the AI would be, at least I would think. But that's mm-hmm. how my granddad knew. But hopefully th- we we are able to pick up on signs like that, and that becomes common knowledge. And there well, was another see, story, and not to keep you guys, but there was another story uh, about artificial intelligence and how it sounds. So um, Rick did a sh- uh, call to someone and had a real voice and the artificial voice. And you could you can kind of pick out some of the differences. They're subtle, mm-hmm. but if you listen, the pauses and the way the person sounds, it does sound like a robot, more robotic than a just natural voice. And there's no, um, there's they're monotone. If you listen to an artificial uh, voice, there's no inflection. Mm. So they said that is what uh, you can listen for if there's any inflection in the voice versus just a monotone flat voice but as you know artificial intelligence will get better so they're going to start sounding yes. exactly like real people the more they learn about it so again my biggest thing was the kids and make sure you have a safe word for your children to know if it's really you or someone pretending to be you absolutely love right. the show guys yeah, thanks michelle <laughs> all right have a good day thank you you too yeah, that's a. Uh, if you don't get what Michelle was talking about, the monotone is someone talking like this, and it's very no emphasis on anything. But we don't talk like that. People don't talk like that. We've got a lot more ups and downs in our voice. So please listen for that type of thing. Let's go back to the phones to Hattiesburg um, to uh, Sabria. Is that your uh, name? Yeah. Did I say that uh, right? Uh, close. <laughs> <laughs> Sabria. Oh, that was a good try. Thank you. Thank yes, you. I'm traveling, so you can hear me okay? Yes, you sound good. Okay, great. I had um, a few questions. Um, one I wanted to start with is regulation. Uh, are legislatures uh, familiar enough with AI and this technology such that they could be uh, competent uh, or at least... Um, work to uh, see how to regulate it so that it doesn't, it has a safeguard in place because you're right, we can't stop that. We can't stop it moving forward, but we certainly can uh, know which, how to curb any misuse. And then the other thing along with that is, uh, does anyone there uh, familiar with what is going on in other European countries, I guess in particular? in terms of what kind of safeguards they are putting in place that um, may be helpful to know. And um, along with that, wow, there's one more question that I had. Um, oh, 
I recently became familiar with a gentleman by the name of, uh, I think his name is Mo Godat, and he was a former CEO of uh, Google, I guess their AI division, and he has a book out now called Scary Smart. I think it came out last year. Is anyone, uh, any one of your guests familiar with the book? And if so, could they share some insight about how useful it might be for us to be more educated? Okay, well, uh, great questions first off. Let's start with, uh, can our legislators help with AI regulation? If their previous performance with tech is any indicator whatsoever, um, Legislation usually comes after, uh, you know, things have already gotten out of control. Look Incidents. At, look at social media. Look at smartphones, privacy. Take your pick. Uh, so, no, um, I'm, not, I'm not real confident that they're going to do something preemptive that will actually assist with the regulation of this technology. And, no, they definitely do not understand it. Most of them don't even understand the Internet. Um, I'll never forget the senator that said the internet was like a series of tubes. You know, he was kind of right. I mean, as far as <laughs> if you look at wires as tubes, but anyways, yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't have a lot of faith in that, sadly. Um, just, just given the way that things are treated now, it's one of those things where it's like, if one of these big AI companies has a lot of money, they can lobby for whatever they want. Uh, as far as the way other countries are treating this, I don't know. Um, I would I would be interested in digging into that further, and I would also be interested in looking into that book, but I have not read it myself. Right. Well, I think ultimately what we can look for is uh, – or hope for as far as legislation goes is a hearing because that's normally how we get these processes going and inform legislators of these situations is we get an expert on in front of the House floor, Senate floor, whatever, what have you. Um, and then they tell what is uh, – why they should be regulating this. Well, see, the problem with that and, – and, you know, it, it, you guys have to rely on me being a, uh, a conscientious, honest, and open expert also. Uh, so you have to expect the person that goes up and speaks about those things to be honest and open and ethical. And that's not – typically the MO of a company that wants to make a whole lot of money off of a technology that's just blowing up with cash. Mm-hmm. That is a great I, point, Jeremy. That is a great I, point. You do have I to have to somebody. <laughs> Go ahead. I hate to be all doom and gloom about it, man, but that's, I mean, I'm. that's just the way I see it. But we have to check out that book, uh, Scary Smart. I looked it up. Scary Smart, the future of artificial intelligence and how you can save our world um, by Mo Gadot. Because I think everybody keeps lending toward artificial intelligence. It is a good thing. It is a great tool. Like Jeremy said, we're right at the at the precipice of something that could, you know, potentially be awesome. But we have to yield it and, and, and use it in a great way. And not for just money making intent, you know? Right. Well, that's the thing, like Jeremy keeps saying, we're pre industrial revolution, but like this current industrial revolution that we've kind of been going through, this we've advanced so much in the past twenty years, like going from having to have dial up internet and you know, your PC was your only computer to now you can do everything with the the little device that fits in your pocket. So Yeah, these things they blow up fast. So 
that's that's why I feel like you know regulators aren't going to get to it until they they understand uh, what a force to be reckoned with this is. But there is definitely a uh, white hat good side to this. Things that this could be used for to help people and uh, to help society. And there's also a black hat, which is a nefarious, evil way to use this to take advantage of people and uh, keep people confused and guessing because we won't know what was uh, written by a computer versus a human being. And we won't know if it was based on facts or conjecture. Right. Thanks for listening to Everyday Tech here on MPB Think Radio with myself, Abram Nanny, and with Jeremy Thompson and Java Chapman. If you have any questions here, email the show at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Jeremy, that uh, that that NBA Jams theme come, gets me every time we come back into the from the break like that. I love that. The nostalgia comes back immediately. He's yeah, on fire. I, uh, <laughs> I was more of an NFL blitz guy myself. I didn't know it was from NBA Jam, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, so um, over the break, I was looking at um, one of these AI trickery things that's been going on. So this happened earlier this year in March, um, and I was reminded of it because I was talking to my cousin the other night, and um, he was like, yeah, I got the uh, S23 Ultra, but the uh, the Zoom it, look at the moon thing is fake. And I was like, what do you mean it's fake? So, like, if you have an S23, you can zoom in and look at the moon, and then you can take a blurry picture of it, and then somehow it'll just appear colorful and crisp on your phone. And the way that that's happening is it is using AI to sharpen and fix the image. It's not actually taking that quality of a picture with the camera in your phone. So that was a way that AI, AI has been used to deceive people. Lord, since when was that? March of this year. March of this year, golly. Yeah, I actually saw that on social media. That's funny that it's yeah, yeah. Because how can you take a zoom, a crisp zoom that you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I've always wild. wondered because the iPhone does not take pictures of the, the moon that well. So I was confused. Jeremy, we got someone that's got a question for you. Uh, okay. Mimi has a question regarding her Facebook, their Facebook account being hacked. Mimi, what's up? Um, my, I've gotten a message that my Facebook account has been hacked. What okay. should I do? So what kind of message did you get? Was this an email, a text message? It was from a friend, a text message that said uh, she got an uncharacteristic message from me about a HUD housing, and that's obviously not me. So Okay. Uh, so uh, can you I, log into your Facebook account? I can. Okay. So what you need to do is log in and change your password and set up multi-factor authentication. It'll be under your security settings. I do not recommend okay. using the Facebook code generator if they still offer it. You have to be able to log into Facebook to get to your code. And if you're needing the code to log into Facebook, how do you log into Facebook to get your code? So use um, an authenticator app like the Google Authenticator or Authy. That's A-U-T-H-Y and set up that multi-factor authentication on your account. But if you can log into your Facebook and um, you can check your message history and see that there's uh, no uh, no activity or whatever, uh, if there is, uh, you know, message people and let them know it wasn't you. Um, and of course, take down any, any posts that you didn't put up and just make sure that you uh, keep your account protected with that code. 
And Mimi, I've I've had the same thing before. I my Facebook got hacked when I was like fourteen or fifteen. I must have I don't know what caused it, what happened. Um, but I my account just randomly sent a message that said, "I these magical berries I bought from so and so face so and so Facebook doctor." made me lose 12 pounds in three days and that wasn't me but it sent it to every single one of my friends so don't feel embarrassed about that because i did it myself um it happens um also under your uh under your settings you need to make sure that you go in and log out any other devices that are logged into your facebook account just in case somebody is logged in this will kick them out okay well thank you you're welcome no problem Uh, thank you for calling in on Facebook, you go into your settings, and then you go to your account center, and then you go under password and security, and you'll find the two-factor authentication as well as the uh, where you're logged in option. You want to click on where you're logged in, and under there, you'll see accounts, and you can click on those, and you can remove them if you do not recognize them. I recommend just going in and nuking everything after you've changed your password um, to make sure that no one is logged into your account. Thank you. All right. Perfect. Thank you, Mimi. You know the uh, the conversation that started all this AI talk was uh, about the the actors and and radio artists and writers strike. Um, is there anything that you guys were looking forward to from the entertainment industry that was going to uh, that is being held up because of the strike right now? Um, specific shows, I don't know. I, I really I don't I don't follow a lot of shows like behind the scenes like what's happening with my favorite show? Who's right? What's going on? <laughs> uh, but if it affects Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, I'm gonna be upset. I, I just finished the uh, the fourth season of that show. It was awesome, or was it the third? Third season. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I watched a few things on Max, but I don't, I don't really have much time for TV anymore. Right. Well, the ones the ones I looked at that I'm hurt by are, are the Sandman season two, Yellow Jacket season three, and Mortal Kombat the movie two, the sequel to the first Mortal Kombat that came out a couple years ago. Oh yeah, they needed a sequel for that Mortal Kombat. Oh come on, Java. <laughs> it was okay, but you know, I, I was I was there when the parents were outraged, so I was looking for <laughs> you know looking for perfection. Uh, Mortal Kombat's my favorite. Uh, we'll never get a perfect Mortal Kombat <laughs> movie. That's never going to happen. Where the guy pops in, whoopsie. but uh probably most notably is the uh suspension of stranger things season five that was supposed to come out uh next year i think or the year after and that is being held up right now Uh, yeah they would have been probably shooting it now yeah or writing it and things like that yeah i might for me um uh, abbott elementary which is you know shot out of the canon and they can't create any new episodes because of the strike, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. And um, like we said, the the actors and writers are just asking for AI protections, streaming transparency, residuals, you know, a lot of uh, just quality of life stuff. And you might be asking, like, don't these actors get paid a whole lot? Well, the main stars that you know about do, but there's a lot of actors that make, uh, that, that make so little they qualify as unemployed. So, Ouch. Yeah, yeah. the uh, The minimum salary for these union members to get health care is twenty six thousand dollars, and ninety percent of the union members do not have health care because they don't qualify for that. So that's quite a low number. Like always, like I have heard, it's not for the Tom Cruises and the Denzel Washingtons of the world. It's for those actors that hand them a beer in yeah, the movie scene. Exactly. You know, yeah. 
Here those papers, <laughs> doctor, like those those actors and right. actresses. And of course, that means the SNLs and The View and everything. Those are all suspended right now. They're doing, I don't know, reruns or whatever. Well, do, you, do y'all remember what happened with the last writer's strike? That was when Lost went downhill. That was that was when uh, Scrubs got hit. Heroes. There were a bunch of big shows at that time that just took a major dive. Man, yeah. Well, we'll be all right here, but that is going to wrap us up for the day. Thanks, Jeremy and Java, for helping myself and our listeners out. Everyday Tech is brought to you by Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. Our show today was engineered by my man, Java Chapman. Call screener was our intern, Tim Brown. My name is Abram Nanny, typically the podcast producer, stepping in for Jay White. Thank you so much for listening here on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.